Well, welcome and thank you for listening to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, a podcast where we're journeying through the scriptures, starting in Genesis and ending in Revelation, looking at how we find Jesus every single day in the text. This podcast is produced by Fellowship Community Church. Well, welcome again to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, where every word, thought, verse, and chapter of the scriptures point us to the person of Jesus. My name is Ethan Callison, and joining us this week is Alan Moore, our Southwest Campus and our Life Groups pastor. Uh, as we hop into the, 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 the scriptures for today, before we do so, I uh, wanted to remind you again that we have what's called the Institute here at Fellowship Community Church. The Institute is intended to be a place of learning and education with the goal of helping disciples of Jesus develop a foundational knowledge of theology and the Bible that can be applied to everyday life. Uh, So starting on October 2nd, October 2nd through December 18th, there's an 11-week class being offered here at our Salem campus called The Christian Story. We'll be journeying through a book called The Drama of Scripture, really using the book as a guide and learning how the Bible is, at its core, one redemptive story that culminates in the person and the work of Jesus. So if you've never taken this class, I really highly encourage you to sign up for it and take it at our Salem campus uh, this upcoming semester. So as we hop in here, uh, Pastor Allen, where is your favorite place to go in the Roanoke Valley right now? Yeah, so this is an interesting question for me because when I first saw it, it made me think back to what was happening on Labor Day. And most people, you know, they like to hang out with their family, maybe do some barbecue. But for me, I uh, spent the morning writing a sermon, but then my wife and I actually went to Sam's Club. And on the way home, my wife looked at me and said, you've had the best day in a long time, haven't you? And so the funny thing is, I actually genuinely love Sam's Club. Like grocery shopping, that's my thing. Why? Because I like food, right? So, so, but seriously, so I love love things like that. But the the truth of the matter is, I like going anywhere that my my wife, my daughter, and soon to be second daughter is. Whether it's going to the park, going for walks, swimming pools, hanging out at family members' houses, uh, going to places. So my three favorite restaurants probably be Outback, Carabas, Ichiban, places like that, where we can just go and be a family and enjoy time together. That's that's my sweet spot. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there uh, is there a park that Jillian really likes? So we live in the Cape Spring area, which is south uh, southwest Virginia, um, in the in the Roanoke Valley, and so we genuinely like the Starkey Park area, probably because we're looking to build a new uh, facility there for our Southwest campus, and so we go hang out at the park that's in the backyard a lot. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Does she have any nicknames for it, or just no. the park? Yeah, okay, just cool. park. Yeah, Genevieve has one park out in Botetourt. That's that's good. It's the Purple Dinosaur Park. Purple Dinosaur Park. <laughs> yeah. Solid. Because it's Purple Dinosaur. I want to go to Purple. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, as we hop in here to Song of Solomon. In chapters six and seven, what were some of the verses that just really stood out to you that you you would highlight? Yeah, so it was one of those weeks where we talked about the highlight, how how that works, or how the the highlight, how the here method actually works. And one of the things that uh, I did when I read this is immediately when I read the first three verses, I was like, "This is what it is." Mm-hmm. And so I jumped right in. First three verses, it says in chapter six, verse one: "Where has your beloved gone, O most beautiful among women? Where has your beloved turned that we may seek him with you?" My beloved has gone down to the garden, to the beds of spices, to graze in the gardens, and to gather lilies. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. He grazes among the lilies. Mm, that's a powerful verse. Could you could you break that down to us and explain a little bit of what's going on here? Yeah. So essentially, when the when the chapter starts, uh, the women of Jerusalem offer to help the Shulamite woman find her husband. However, the cool thing is she already knew where he had gone, and she expresses this really beautifully in uh, verse three, where it says, "I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine." You see. 
Solomon wasn't lost to her, even though they weren't together. He was feeding his flock in the garden, and she knew exactly where he was. She knew exactly where he wanted to go. And the cool thing is, if you keep reading in the chapter, the moment that he sees her, the moment he kind of sees her coming, he immediately begins what he's been doing. He welcomes her, and he begins to sing her praises once again. Mm, do you think, so e even in this, uh, it's kind of a, a, a newly new relationship of Solomon and Mary and this, this Shulamite right. woman, um, and also in the context of Solomon, uh, he had a lot of wives, right, right, right. <laughs> a lot of wives and a lot of concubines, What the scriptures do not tell us to do so. Solomon was definitely in sin there. When you look at Solomon here, as uh, as he had many wives and many concubines, what the scriptures do not really point us to. But here, it's like there, there's a new relationship between Solomon and this Shulamite woman, uh, but this greeting that he has for her. And it's expectant, can't wait for her. Is that something that a relationship should just like phase out and then just be like, oh, hey, hey, old woman, you know, or like I would say, like, you know, a lot of people growing up are like, hey, old hag. It's like, what? That's your wife. Like, or like, what does the Bible really gear us to and how we are to, to love ourselves? Yeah. So we essentially need to cultivate that relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's going to start when you start a relationship. Like when I first started dating Amber, the first thing that drew me to her, because I didn't even know who she was, mm -hmm. right? It was a blind date. I saw her and immediately I was attracted to her physically. But let's be honest, when we're 70, 80, 90 years old, maybe I'll be attracted to her physically. <laughs> but, you know, it's not going to be that same thing as when we're in our 20s. And so we've had to cultivate this relationship where it becomes so much deeper than just simply what you look like. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not just a it's a it's a deep sense of a bond between her and I where it's more than just a physicalness. It's a spiritual relationship between mm -hmm. us. It's a emotional relationship between us where we, we genuinely care and love each other. Am I, is that what you Yeah, you're... yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that I, I think was, uh, uh, it opened my eyes when I first got into ministry, Alan, that I saw, um, and this might be you, if you as you're listening, and, and if so, I just want to bring compassion to your life. But I would see so many families or so many husbands and wives that as soon as their kids graduated, or as soon as they became empty nesters, they got a divorce. Oh, yeah. And it was like they just stayed married simply for the kids' sake. And right. then it was like they lost their love for one right. another. They lost that pursuit of really, or that uh, desire to pursue one another and to keep, uh, you know, like I'm, one of my professors and mentors to me says, Ethan, the best way you can show your kids that you love them is to love your wife. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it was like, wow, like that's so true. Well, and in that, like, Yes, we need to love our spouse, but our Amber and I's relationship, what's been special about it is both of us, while we, it's almost like a triangle diagram, picture a triangle diagram where we're both seeking after the Lord. And mm -hmm. as we're seeking after the Lord, what's happening is our relationship is growing closer and closer because we're becoming, we're, we're growing in our relationship together, but we're also seeking the Lord and he's the center of mm -hmm. our relationship, which makes yeah. it beautiful. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, as we look here in, uh, in verses one through three, what are some of the ways that you can begin to apply this, this verse into your life? Yeah. So one of the important elements in marriage is essentially getting to know each other. We've kind of talked about that so well that you begin to read each other's minds. Like when, when I, Amber and I think about um, each other. We can kind of know each other's tendencies. We anticipate the actions and the words that each other are going to say. Like funny story, still that Labor Day weekend, later that day, uh, on the way home from Sam's Club, actually, funny <laughs> enough, uh, we decide we're going to, I love pizza. So we're going to order pizza, right? And so we order Pizza Hut and, she, and I look at her, I say, you know, we don't need to order it yet. I'm not really hungry. And she says, just give it about a half hour. By the time we pick up the pizza, and get home, you're going to look at me and say, yeah, I'm hungry. I said, I don't think so. I mean, I just ate a little bit ago. Well, sure enough, <laughs> we go pick up the pizza, we get home, and I look at her, man, 
I'm really glad we got this. I am starving. <laughs> and so, but the reality is we've spent that time together. We, we, we cultivated our relationship to a place where we're so, we know each other so well, we're, we, we love each other so well that it just, you just know that person. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think it also would be a scary thought to think someone needs to read my mind. Right. <laughs> right, right, but the, so the sort of the response. So, like, what do you do when you think about here, the here method? How do you respond to that? And so, what I would challenge you is, if if you haven't created space in your life as a husband or wife where you're spending that quality time with your spouse, mm-hmm. I would just challenge you to really look at your calendar, look at your look at your schedule, and create that space so you can spend that quality time with that individual, so that relationship can truly be cultivated. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, last thought that I had in that is. Um, where I think both you and I were in student ministry at the same time together. Uh, and a lot of students are so focused on themselves that they're like, oh, what are other people thinking of me? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, everybody else is thinking the exact same thing and no one's paying attention to anyone. And that can relationally be true where it's like, you are so focused on yourself that you don't even think about your spouse. That's true. And to say like, no, like I want to learn my spouse so well that I know their next move. I know their next, I know what's going to come forth from them next rather than keeping your, your eyes on yourself. Right. And the same thing kind of with your relationship with Jesus. If you're not careful and intentional about that, Mm -hmm. that can kind of slip into the background. So we have to be very intentional, just like we're building a relationship with our spouse, building that relationship with the Lord through a regular rhythm and routine of every day in the Word. I love it, man. Jesus every day, everyone, everywhere. That's it. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us here today on day four of the Jesus Every Day podcast as we wrap up Song of Solomon tomorrow in chapter eight. So see you there tomorrow.